Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Oh, always nice to hear a little Def Leppard coming back from break. They have a new album out. It's called Diamond Star Halos. It is decent. I would say it is uh, decent. I I would say there are five tracks on it that I really like, and then uh, three or four that I I think are decent, and then maybe some that uh, aren't as great. But I'm just glad they're still putting out music at this point in their career. And of course they're coming to Commonwealth stadium. When is that? The Sunday of the Labor Day long weekend. That is cool. I'm going, I already have a ticket. Seven, eight, zero, four, nine, six, zero, zero, six, three. If you want to get in touch, the Rangers and the lightning have combined for three goals in a minute 37. And it is now three, two for New York with eight forty two left in the second period. When I last told you the score a few minutes ago, it was 1-1. So the scoring pace picks up, and the Rangers now have a 3-2 lead. Baseball now into the seventh. Blue Jays leading the White Sox 5-3. That's what's uh, going on there. Oilers and Colorado tomorrow in Denver. Home games. Uh, Saturday and Monday at Rogers Place. That is going to be so much fun. The Western Conference Final coming to Edmonton for the first time since 2006. Kellen Kennedy back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound. Kellen, how have you been, old boy? I know you've been working a lot as well. How are things? Yeah, it's, this has been great, man. I've been enjoying every second of this, and it's all, it's always fun to work uh, You know this show and, and everything during playoff time. Um, it's really fun when, you know, your team, the Oilers, are in it. So I'm enjoying every second of it. Yeah, uh, as am I. It's uh, it's a great opportunity for the team, and hopefully it's a, a team that will become a perennial playoff team and maybe have a few runs like this, but mm-hmm. we're enjoying this one as it uh, as it goes along. Oilers obviously got to clean up some of their game last night, um, manage the puck better. We had a text there about too much gap. I, I think the Oilers defenders as a group, sometimes throughout the season, not just last night, have had a tendency to give up a little bit too much gap. That's also on the forwards to make sure they're coming back. If you don't turn the puck over in the neutral zone, some of those things kind of take care of themselves. And as we saw, the Oilers can crank it up. They, they can put a little bit of pressure on the avalanche. Uh, I mean, they, they came back from 7-3 down to make it 7-6 and had some other chances late in the game, had the goalie out, just couldn't find the tying goal. So I'm still, I, I'm not panicking. I, I, as I've said throughout the playoffs, embrace the tension. Mm-hmm. It's not easy when you go this deep into the postseason. And uh, Oilers are back at it tomorrow night. We'll see if they make mm-hmm. any lineup changes. I don't know if there's going to be a tweet. I, I know somebody called in last night and said uh, kind of a quiet game from Pugliarvi. He's kind of a mystifying, frustrating player at times. So I, I thought some of the Oilers' depth players, they, they played more, and I thought they played better. I thought that was probably Fogel's best game of the postseason. 
Derek Ryan got a goal. Cassian had some good shifts. Archibald had some good shifts. And plus the big guys got on the board. So it comes down to goal prevention for the Oilers. We, we know that they can score. And they've been able to score even against some pretty good goaltenders and pretty good defensive teams. They they just gotta. I mean, I I it's, we had, they had the texture saying is has the West been more entertaining than the East? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. I've, I've I've also watched more of the West. I mean, I watched a lot of Calgary and Dallas. I suppose that series wasn't that high scoring. Uh, Minnesota and St. Louis. Most of the games were kind of lopsided, but there were goals in that series. I I know I I think the Daryl Sutter's belief that it's a three-two league. I I personally think that's a thing of the past. I I don't think I think we're moving into an era in the NHL where scoring three in a game is not going to be enough most nights. And of course, yes, there's always going to be a value on goaltending and a value on strong defensive play and body checking and stopping the cycle. Those things will always be part of hockey. But I I think that now there's a a big lean towards offense i think the players coming into the league have been playing under the rule changes that we've had for a long time you know no red line less uh sort of open ice hitting and and things like that and, and i think they're really showcasing themselves so mcdavid and drysdale leading the way mckinnon matthews these are all players coming into the league over the last uh decade. Uh, I mean, you got uh, Bedard coming along in the WHL. Uh, Lafreniere is playing for the Rangers. Maybe he's not as spectacular as some of the other guys, but a number one overall pick. McCarr on defense. Uh, Heiskanen on defense. These are guys that can skate. They can push the pace. They, they can attack with speed. They can finish plays. They can make creative plays to try to score goals. So I, I, I just think that going into a, even a a playoff game that you expect to be tense and say, well, it's probably going to be two, one or three, two. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case as often as it has been in the past. Yeah. You know, the Oilers game seven was two, nothing for sure. Uh, I think Jonathan quick was a big reason. The Oilers didn't get to, to more in that game. The Jay Woodcroft made an interesting point when he was asked about it a few days ago. And he said, if you look at a lot of the young players, the, the under 23 players who were on that, uh, team North America for the World Cup a few years ago. A lot of those guys are now the the leading offensive players in the NHL, and I, I we we've seen it. And I, I referenced this quite a bit because Gary Bettman said it in an interview with me that we did. I think it was the second game of the LA series that, in terms of comebacks from two or more goals down. This is the third most comebacks in a regular season in NHL history. And we've seen it in the playoffs. 2 nothing is not the end of the world. 3 nothing is not the end of the world for the team that's behind. It, to me, watching these games, it feels like, unless, of course, you're getting into the final 10, 15 minutes of the third period, that a three-goal lead is, is not a sure thing. You, you almost feel like a team has to stretch it to four to really feel like they have a strong goal, a hold on the game. And as I'm saying this, the New York Rangers score another goal to go up 4-2 on the Lightning with uh, 4-17 left in the second period. So I, I think I think we're going through an era change in the National Hockey League. I, I, I really do. I, I think we're going to see more goals. I, I just think it's, it's leading towards the offense. Uh, I, I, maybe there won't be more power plays, but there might be higher power play percentages because there are going to be so many good players who can finish on the man advantage. And I, I think there's just so many more players that can score off the rush and have been encouraged to be creative. Like, I mean, I don't think you want to coach the creativity out of players. Yes. You want to coach them to be good all around and check and play defense and kill penalties. If that's their role, 
but I think you want to say, hey, you, you want to be creative? You want to score? You figure out a new way to score a goal? You want to be like Trevor Zegras? I don't have a problem with that. To me, it's it's up to the defending teams to finish out how to stop that, not to offensive teams to say like, oh, well, you know, you can't, don't be too creative. You'll go out there and muck it up and try and barge the puck over the goal line. No, I don't think that's the attitude in, in most of hockey anymore. Uh, one pretty good player for the Edmonton Oil Kings is Jake Neighbors. They start the WHL championship on Friday against Seattle. Uh, I visited with Jake at Rogers Place this, uh, with Jake at Rogers Place this afternoon. All right. Well, especially in the context of having missed the last two seasons, how exciting this is this now to be in the WHL Championship Series? Yeah, I think I think it just puts a big emphasis on it for our group. I think with the chance to to reach the final potentially the last couple of years with the the roster we've had, and um, you know to finally get the opportunity and and be in this spot and and seeing how hard we've worked for this and how far we come, it's uh, it's really exciting. It's a great opportunity for us. You've only lost one game in the playoffs, which I, I know you're going to tell me you're probably putting the previous series behind you. But still, I mean, it's a pretty good, pretty good run. What's been working for you guys, do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think we've done a good job of making in-game adjustments and, and kind of, you know, listening to our coaches and, and little tweaks here and there that, you know, may go a long way in playing an opponent in a seven-game series. And I think... You know, when you see a lot of each other, things get to tend to get harder and more tight. So you got to find ways to create offense and, and create breakthroughs through your opponent. And I think we've done a great job of that. The coaches have done a great job of that, um, of preparing us for that. And, um, you know, we're just looking to continue it. I think we've done a good job of, of playing our game and not lowering our level to, to any other team or playing the way they want us to and, and more dictating the pace of play. So I think continuing that into the finals will be important. No, I don't, I don't think you played Seattle this year. So are you just watching a lot of film or what are you doing? Yeah, that's uh, that one's on the coaches. They got to do a ton of film and and make sure we're prepared. But uh, they do a tremendous job for us in terms of you know breaking down other team structure and things like that and their and their tendencies. So uh, you know that we'll be well, well prepared. It's just a matter of uh, the players putting the plan into execution. And. Are you looking forward to being on an airplane instead of a bus? Yeah, it'll be exciting. I think, uh, you know, different experience for a lot of guys uh, in this room. I think, uh, you know, there's a couple of guys that maybe not even been to America. So it'll be exciting to get to go down there with the fellas, a little road trip. Um, you know, I haven't been to the States since my 16-year-old year uh, with the Oil Kings. So it'll be cool. I get to go down there to Seattle. It's a fun rink to play in. They got an electric crowd there. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, and then maybe you could stick around for the school graduations that are only need to come back and play. Uh, <laughs> And just just for you as well, uh, you know, families that a lot of games, you know, who knows where you'll be next year. I mean, are you just soaking it all in? Yeah, 100%. I actually had the conversation with a couple guys today about, um, you know, kind of just a different feeling around the rink and, and in practice and stuff like that because, you know, it's coming to a close here. And, you know, we've come so far, worked so hard, like I said, and, um, you know, we're this close to achieving our ultimate goal and, and then moving on to the Memorial Cup and, and trying to win there as well. And, you know, it's exciting, and like you said, it's coming down to the end of it for me and a lot of guys, I think, here. So we're doing our best to soak it all in. It's a, it's a hell of a group. we got amazing friendships in that room, and, um, you know, it's been a hell of a run. we just got to finish it the right way here. Yeah, it's been uh, really an incredible four seasons for the Edmonton Oil Kings. But uh, back in 2019, they went to the conference final, and uh, then the last two years, great regular season team, but there were no playoffs. So now an opportunity to win the league here starting on Friday. Good to catch up with Jake Neighbors. Okay, well, we'll tee up a little bit with the Edmonton Riverhawks when we get back to Inside Sports.
All right. Well, the Edmonton Riverhawks are playing their first ever game in the West Coast League right now. It just started a few minutes ago in Kamloops against the Kamloops North Pars, uh, North Paws, pardon me. And then they will host the Portland Pickles in their home opener on Monday down in the uh, beautiful bar- ballpark in the River Valley. So obviously, because the Riverhawks are on the field now, I had to tape this interview earlier with their manager, former big league catcher, Kelly Stanett. Kelly, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, doing great, man. Just got to try to get a game in tonight, hopefully. Yeah, well, I want to talk to you about that, but I also want to let you know, in in honor of, uh, of some of the things that are, are happening in the majors these days, uh, I'm currently in the shift for this interview, and I'm just going to do the first third of the interview, then another guy is going to do the middle third, and then a couple guys with other guys will do the end. So you're bringing in some closers, right? Some middle guys and some closers, right? Okay. <laughs> I just I, I just had to bring this up. I, I I got a buddy who is like really really into baseball, and and we were talking about uh, all the the changes we've seen in in recent years. And then we were watching a game where I, I I think one team didn't even have an infielder on the left side of third of second base. They just put everybody. And then yeah. I, there was a game we were watching. I think the Blue Jays had four guys in the outfield when Trout was batting. Like, what do you think of all this? I know you saw some of it when you were playing, but man, oh man, it's really going now. It's it's crazy, you know. I, I I don't know. I'm still still trying to figure some of this stuff out, you know. I'm like, yeah, they got so much more data than I do, so I guess it works for them. Obviously, you know, they've got uh, you know a bunch of people in the front office that are a lot smarter than I am for sure. And then you know they put all these numbers in the computer and it it punches it out. Hey, we need four outfielders for Trout. I guess I I don't know. I I, I don't know if it's working that much for some guys because you know Trout's a different different animal now. If you're Deadpool and you know, one of those big, big boppers, uh, you know, I think those guys are having a little bit more trouble. Yeah. Uh, so when you caught, I mean, your expectation or your hope was that the starter would go how many innings on a good day? I mean, complete games even were declining throughout the course of your career, but still. I mean, seven. I mean, your girls get through seven, then you got your uh, your eight guy and your nine guy. You know, back in the days, days when – you know, the I guess the mid-90s when you had the Yankees and you had Mariano was a setup guy and you had Wetland at the end, man, that's you know, that, was, that was pretty tough. And then, you know, Mariano went to the back and they had a handful of guys had the eight. So that's that's a that's a perfect uh, you know, setup or way to end the game right there. You know, after seven, you know the game's over. Yeah. Yeah, they used to say a seven inning game, right? With those two guys yeah. in the lineup. So that's that's pretty interesting. Anyway, just wanted to ask you about that. Riverhawks off and running out. So what happened? Rained out last night so what's going on here well we're uh hopefully get over there get some batting practice in about uh 4 15 and uh i guess we've got some small showers maybe coming through but uh worst case we'll try to get it in tonight and then we'll play two tomorrow and then uh get up early and go over to uh i know jim swanson always yells at me the, the, he, he runs the harbor cats nanaimo i guess is how you say it i don't know i'm, nanaimo, I'm, just, a redneck. Yeah. I'm just a redneck from oklahoma man so i'm just here playing baseball well, you'll you'll learn all the Western Canadian names. I, I, I'm sure. So, how are you feeling, Blake? First of all, tell me about the process of, of putting this team together, putting the River River Hawks together for their first year in the league. Well, I mean, it's been a process. I mean, two years at it, really, and uh, you know, it was it was it was much relieving to cross the border and get up here and bring a couple guys with me, and you know, get situated, get a couple workouts in, in the in the at the, the great ballpark we got there in Edmonton. Uh, you know, we're, we're still, it's still fluid. We're still working on some guys. Uh, some teams made the regionals that, you know, really wasn't expected to make regionals. Guys are getting sore. 
you know, and, and coaches, hey, we're going to bang it and not go up this summer. So it's always, you know, you just roll with it and try to figure out the next guy to get up here. Yeah. Uh, and then you got the home opener coming up on Monday. I believe is that the Portland Pickles. That's what I hear. That's yeah, a great name, Portland by the Pickles way. Yeah. It'd be a salty series. I don't know. Uh, but you, you mentioned the ballpark, and, and so many people love that ballpark in, in Edmonton uh, for the atmosphere and the views and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it helps if the team, <laughs> if it's a good team as well. Uh, but, you know, tell me a little bit about your view of, of seeing that ballpark and maybe compare it to other ones you, you've seen throughout your career. Well, I, mean, I actually got to play in it. It's it 96. You know, I was in AAA, came up here, and I think it was early April, and it was cold as. You know, cool as hell, and you know you, you got all the heaters in dugout, and you're all layered up, and had the old turf on there like you'd have in my hotel uh, uh, room here. Uh, turf turf now is awesome; it's great. Uh, great bullpens, uh, clubhouses are, are are phenomenal. You know, uh, you know Randy, Randy and Ryan Gregg have done a great job of putting this thing together, and other other members of uh, of their of their group. It's just it's it's been first class all the way so far. Yeah, well, it's it's exciting to see for sure, and. Uh... Well, you're experiencing the better weather now. We both, well, we shouldn't have. I won't. I won't say for sure we won't have snow in June. I'll <laughs> say we shouldn't have snow in June. <laughs> hey, don't don't blink, right? It may change on you, right? <laughs> What's the what, what, what was the worst weather you played in in the majors? I mean, there's some cold weather cities in the oh. majors where April games might have been a little nippy. Or no, into the I mean, fall. Yeah, my first big league game was at Wrigley Field, you know, back in 94. And opening day was beautiful, 75. And, you know, like I said, you blink an eye, and next day it's 30 degrees, wind blowing straight in from the north, and you can't even feel your hands. So that was, yeah, that was pretty cold. <laughs> I think we actually played in the snow when I was in the minor leagues and uh, in Vancouver. I mean, it just, just started snowing. And next day there was like, you know, there's a foot of snow on the ground. We got to fly out. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's been some crazy times. Tell, tell me about for you as well, the, the transition now to, to coaching. When, when, like when you were playing, were you thinking that that was something you might want to do when you were done or what got you on this path? I, I think so. I mean, it's, you know, the position I play, the people I talk to, you know, you're never meeting at the big leagues. You know, you're in a hitter meeting, you're in a pitching meeting, you're in the, you know, we're positioning guys. Uh, so, you know, at least I hope I know all the ins and outs of, uh, of, of running a team and, and just development. You know, I had four boys, uh, you know, two of them are going to be up here, you know, just developing them, give them opportunity to go to the next level. You know, that's, that's, that's why I'm here is, is, is develop kids, you know, not just my own son, but uh, other kids as well. And it, it's, it's easy in Arizona because it's 24, seven, 365 days out of the year. It's, it's baseball. So it, that's, that's easy to, to teach out there. Yeah. All right. And so two of your sons are on the team. Yeah, one, once you're now, that one's going to meet us uh, in about a week and a half. Oh, that's awesome. Do you, uh, what's it like coaching your sons? They've been great. I mean, yeah. they they were they played for me at the college, so they were the backbone. Okay. Both of them hit in the high 300s. Uh, one's leadoff. One had a lot of RBIs. He was uh, all-conference catcher. Uh, the other one's a really good outfielder. Hit almost like 390 for the year. So uh, hopefully they can carry that on and, and help us here. It's, uh, you know, it, it's fun. I, I, I don't. You know, we don't get too much into it. You know, it's it's father and son, but you know, I treat him like uh, any other player that's going to play for me. Well, three ninety. Well, if we get a three ninety up here this summer, we'll take. We'll, we'll be take nice. that. Yeah, sure. We'll take that for sure. Tell me a little bit how the how the travel is going to go in in this uh, in this league. Is it going to be a bit of a grind? Do you think, or how do you characterize it? 
still figuring it out, you know, okay. seven o'clock bus, get here, check <laughs> in, go to ballpark, get rained out. But that's, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's kind of that minor league feel, you know, you, you get, you get on the bus and you go play, get off of it, you know, get back, get back on after game, go to sleep. And that's kind of how I figured this thing out. I guess we got to go to, uh, you know, we're going to the Island. So we'll play a doubleheader tomorrow. We'll have to get up early, get the 10 a.m. ferry over, uh, over to the Island over Victoria and then, uh, and go up and play a game. So, you know, boys have been great. I mean, nobody's complaining, you know, it's baseball. Right on. Well, Kelly, it's great to have you on the show and it's exciting that you guys are, are, are playing. And I know you talked about, uh, you know, the challenges over the last couple of years. So it's good that ball is back. And, uh, uh, you're, I, I think you're going to love being an honorary Edmontonian for the, uh, next couple of months, man. We're really glad you're here. Sounds great. Thank you. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.